0: Good afternoon,
1: Barbara. Good evening, Cheryl. Can you imagine if that was it, if that's really who we were?
0: Barbara and Cheryl. No shade, but like, I would just be colossally disappointed to be born Cheryl. Like, a sign Cheryl at birth just seems... Not the tea.
1: No offense to Barbaras and Cheryls everywhere, but some offense to Barbaras and Cheryls everywhere.
0: Um, another name that comes to mind uh, alongside Barbara and Cheryl is Karen, which I think is something we've discussed on the show literally last week.
1: I could... I, I didn't even know this was our show. I could not tell you what we talked about last week. You know what name I love? What? Carol. Carol with an E. That's C-A-R-O-L-E. Carol with an E. I,
0: I have to disagree. You have to cut it off after the L. What's the E doing? Nothing.
1: I one time spoke with a person on the phone whose name was Carol, but she was very adamant about it being Carol with an E. And I had to, And at one point I was just like, they are just asked like, just get your first name, and she was like, "Carol, Carol with an e. That's C-A-R-O-L-E mm-hmm. And then like, after imagine while, if
0: everybody, imagine if everybody introduced themselves that way. Like,
1: I mean, some my name's Cheryl like,
0: with a Y. That's
1: C-H-E-R-Y-L. Like, imagine if people did that. It's like Sarah. That's T-S-A. <laughs> well, you know, generally people often do also spell their names when it's not a white-sounding one.
0: Fair enough. But like, I always,
1: I always spell my name out when I have to give it. Not because it's weird, just because I don't enunciate. When you have to give it, that
0: makes sense. But when you're like, I don't know,
1: you already knew her name. And then after I asked her for her email and she was like, so that's Carol with an E, say C-A-R-O-L-E, at whatever. And I was just like, okay, I know we've been on the phone for about five minutes. You've made it abundantly clear that you have an alternative spelling. Honestly, abolish Carol's and Karen's. Did you watch Drag Race? I
0: did.
1: The Way Not The Right Person Won.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I thought the, the runway left. The, the runway was what did it in. The performance was fine. Um, the runway was a little bit, not the most spectacular thing on that stage, but because the storyline demands it, I guess today had to be her day.
0: I mean, I think that the winner had, an outfit that was like a perfect synthesis of like showing off themselves like craftsmanship and like drag that i thought it deserved the win
1: maybe it's a taste level preference Mm -hmm. i honestly thought everyone did really well I also think everyone no, did like, really well, even like the you, bottom queens. Exactly. Um, except for their outfits, but generally, like even the two worst performances weren't. Is that a bomb? Just...
0: <laughs> Everybody down!
1: Is that a bomb? Everybody, we're gonna make people have like traumatic flashbacks. If you if you think you know what that beeping sound was, write in because we don't know. But overall, fun episode. We see yeah, it for Jumbo. I'm still here for Jimbo. I think that
0: her outfit saved her from her performance. That is true. Um, And that's okay. Like, that happens sometimes. And that's why she was safe.
1: It was a very good episode. I thought the puns were horrible and um, funny.
0: I loved it. I thought it was cute.
1: Oh, my god. They were just, every one of them made me cringe. And I'm, they, they brought out the good writers for episode three.
0: Yeah, I thought the challenge was really fun and like it's been done before but it was good when it was done so for now at least it's not too much of a bad thing or too much of a good thing rather
1: no yeah it's it's um it's been very fun to watch like the homegrown drag and to see people what people have to say about Toronto queens once they're in a group being perceived with girls from other cities mhm i like i like getting the, pers- the outside perspective
0: yeah it is sad that like some provinces are like underrepresented or not represented at all i i i know that probably has to do with like casting and stuff like that but
1: yeah because i don't think there's any shortage of talent of drag talent anywhere you look in this country
0: yeah like i'm sure there are very talented queens in the prairies but i don't think they're at all represented on the show which is a little sad
1: I mean, to be honest, I've largely forgotten where some of the girls on this season are from, but it would be nice to see a more healthy mix of queens from other places in the future, just because coast to coast, there's so much good drag and there's so so many different types of artists out there. Absolutely. It'll be nice to see what happens. Give Um, Give me a mostly Montreal season.
0: You turned me on to a show called Dragula recently. Oh, really? And I watched a couple more episodes while I was at home today.
1: Okay, how many episodes did you make it in?
0: Two. So I think we're up to, I'm up to episode four now.
1: Okay. Remind me what happens in that one?
0: Yeah. Um, What I was going to say was that like, as much as there are, there are great, um, there are great drag queens in the country. uh, I I really want to like, uh, I would really want more insight into the drag king culture as well too, you know, because I think it, they're also really popping off of from what I've seen.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's good to see drag kings get as much visibility as they have been getting as of late. I think it's not like, I, 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 I think it's one of those things where drag kings have been around. I think now the times are finally... Catching up to them, and mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to give it that respect because if we want to move forward, saying drag breaks all these boundaries, we have to give every, every, every avenue. It's it's. What from what I like, what I thought you were talking about, about how we should
0: support like, um, trans drag kings and queens, like mm. to beca- like especially, just because I feel like you know, as founders of the art form nowadays I feel like they're a little underrepresented in mm-hmm. especially popular media but like even in local cultures I feel like or like local bars are very discreet can be very discriminatory um even in our hometown here in Toronto
1: yeah the the type of drag we're seeing at the forefront is where it feels like the tip of the iceberg of what's actually out there and of what you can get and I think the more you start to branch out and look at different types of drag and take up your time with other artists that you wouldn't otherwise see on tv sorry did you ever lose a train of thought absolutely all the time I have ADHD after all honestly what's this wavelength everybody's on because I'm just sitting here waiting for the bus like I think I missed that wavelength when it came out or I didn't get off at the right spot.
0: You're not on a wavelength.
1: I'm on enough, like a flat surface. That's just kind of vibrating.
0: <laughs> time is a flat disk, that's what you're saying.
1: I don't have time for time. What's something you're really afraid of? Like, tangibly, the dark and heights. Philosophically, um, I don't know, like grabbing something in public and it's just like really, really sticky. I hate that. <laughs> it, it it. Like no, it it will piss me the fuck off if I like something I touch outside ruins my hands. It's hmm. like COVID. Any I, irrational I, I, fears. Any irrational fears? Yeah, being I, afraid
0: of the dark makes sense. There are bad things in dark places sometimes.
1: I, I I am afraid of frogs and snakes. And yeah, it's like-
0: They're mostly harmless. There are a few dangerous ones, but I think it is at least where we live, irrational to be afraid of those things.
1: No, but it's this one thing where it's like a feral need to defend myself and just like beat it the fuck out well but people keep said, those animals as pets you know it, yeah that like yeah so when my roommate got my former roommate got a pet snake i was apprehensive but i'm like you know not gonna tell him no mm-hmm. and, and i faced my fear and arthur and i would like hang out sometimes and i'd hold him and he'd wrap around my hand that's sick and would just chat and he was a cool dude oh yeah and yeah same so much, but nature is awesome, awesome.
0: Um, I don't want to talk about this in at great length today, but I really do think you should watch the Legend of Korra series because it c- contains a lot of material that we talk about on our podcast even. And I would love to have conversations about it with you. Not that we're going to turn this into a Legend of Korra recap show. It's still frozen?
1: I'm currently watching Avatar: The Last Airbender
0: are you for real
1: yeah i i used to watch it when i was a kid like sporadically hell yeah i never like sat down to watch it where are you in uh episode 18 i believe of Uh, season season one one.
0: nice that's like the northern that's when they're going to the northern water tribe that show is lit from season one to season three
1: episode one to the last i really enjoy it it makes me feel like i i love feeling like i'm in grade four again mm-hmm. or just like not going to school
0: I've been, um, and watching it i've been like severely bored in quarantine so i've been like intensely over analyzing the legend of cora while i've been watching it to like an annoying degree that nobody should do with a children's show
1: <laughs> but that's the beauty of children's program or just like media for children in general because it's not it's never just fluff you it it, I think it's harder to write for kids because if you have to know how to pack a lot into Mm -hmm. a digestible spoonful true so I I think hats off to people writing kids shows
0: I mean the legend of Korra is definitely one of those like in air quotes I guess like kids shows like it's produced by Nickelodeon but it's definitely for like the last airbender audience that grew up
1: no absolutely yeah it it, like I I haven't seen it yet and I'm going to watch it after I finish Avatar but I I, it looked like on Tumblr and on Twitter when it was out people who have been fans of the series before it were just getting their life from it
0: the villain of the third season is like this anarcho-fascist which is an oxymoron you can't be an anarchist and a fascist at the same time
1: yeah that's the unfortunate part of children's programming where like they can sort of get away with pushing agendas a little bit
0: yeah
1: or under the radar
0: absolutely yeah there's i have one big problem with the show but all in all legend of core is like lit
1: what's your big problem with it
0: Essentially the show produces, it, it, it provides a premise, which is like the world is in constant chaos and it is the Avatar's goal slash um, imperative to maintain balance in the world. Like that's why the first Avatar was created or not created rather, but created himself as to sort of be this arbiter of balance among the world. And there is a level of spiritual authority assigned to the Avatar. And the world that, like, the Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Legend of Korra take place in, right, is different from our world. But Legend of Korra is more similar to our world than The Last Airbender. Legend of Korra specifically has capitalism uh, industrialization uh, is starting modernization. They have telephones, they have cars, they have airships, they have tanks, like they have um, machines of war and money, like a system of um, exchange and economic, you know, um, an economic system of capitalism. Right. And so the Legend of Korea is much more similar to our world in that sense than Avatar The Last Airbender, which is mostly like a smattering of nations that are organized in different ways where the Earth Kingdom is like this sort of feudal, I guess, kingdom with lords and the Air Nation are nomads and the Fire Nation is a monarchy as well and all that stuff,
1: right? Yeah, it gives you like early stage of a Civilization six game, that's...
0: Pretty much.
1: Oh, that's dead on
0: and then in Legend of Korea you have Republic City which is this literal democracy at least at the end of the first season um, where it's a republic And it's not necessarily a nation that's tied to any sort of bending, like benders and non-benders live in Republic City side by side, and like firebenders, earthbenders, waterbenders, like live in Republic City, like side by side, right? Like there's no segregation based on what nation you're from. And at least it's implied in the legend of Korra that those walls are also breaking down, like even among the earth nation and fire nation, or earth kingdom rather, um, and fire nation now the what thing i want to focus on so that we don't drag this conversation much longer <laughs> is the um antagonist of the third and sort of fourth season i don't want to get too much into the fourth season but um the, essentially the legend of Korra* presents that like chaos the chaos that is happening right now is that um this group of Anarchists want to get rid of all of the world leaders, and we're supposed to assume that's a bad thing. But they're right, actually. Um, like, and I'm not joking. Uh, what where they take it too far is they start um, becoming like judge, jury, and executioner, uh, and and essentially like don't they replace. Go, they go nuts dark. They don't replace like the absolute power of monarchies with like actual citizen control. Right. Like they just take over. And so like in the context of the show and in the text, they are still bad. Um, But the show wants you to believe at least or at least it seems like it wants you to believe that they are bad and their motives are also bad when I think their motives are actually fine. Like they kill the Earth Queen and I'm supposed to feel sorry for her. But why am I feeling sorry for this like literal monarch who I don't know how many like thousands of people suffer to prop on her throne? Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: I just, I'm not gonna feel bad for a monarch ever. Like period. Yeah, I don't want to ask too many questions cuz I don't want the spoilers, but you do raise the point and it's where it comes back to just projecting the general values mm-hmm. that we have regarding enforcement and how it's like indoctrinated in these shows. And it's and like and and there's not ever a whole lot of time spent on the other side of it.
0: Yeah. The and that's thing- okay the other thing i will say about legend of Korra that i do enjoy though is that it um pushes this narrative of having a relationship with the with land like with the land that you're on that i really appreciate um that like no other show really does like the show really emphasizes like having a respect and reverence for um the natural world
1: and like the natural order So it sounds like it's a TV show that's stood up against time. It it was it it didn't um, finish that long ago, but it sounds like it's still relevant. Yeah, I
0: think it's. um, I think all in all, it's wonderful. Like it's absolutely worth everyone's time. But just like any media, you should approach it critically.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, I'm excited to keep watching. It'll take me a while to get to Cora because I'm watching TV really slowly.
0: Oh, that's fine.
1: I'm on the tail end of a 15 season show. Period. Which one? It's uh, Stargate. So SG-1, the original has 10 seasons and then the spinoff mm-hmm. Stargate Atlantis is five. Mm-hmm. And are there only two? I thought there were more. There are three movies and then there's Stargate Universe, which we won't talk about. OK. Um, no need to. Period. But Stargate 1, SG-1, and Stargate Atlantis are the best sci-fi I've ever seen. Hmm. Um, I haven't seen too much. Like, I've, I've seen the typical stuff that you have to watch so that you can then go ahead and say that Star Wars is trash. Hmm. Um, but this this is it. It's um, base, the premise is using the power of wormholes to explain to explore space. And yeah. there's these gates on different planets and each gate has like a phone number essentially.
0: guys mm-hmm. are like, they're like all on a track.
1: Oh yeah, it's a whole network. It's like a social network for aliens. It's like cool. interdimensional. So it's not
0: actual people in the show. It's like an alien race that looks like people.
1: Well, this this the show follows humans on Earth mm-hmm. as they discover the Stargate and how to use it, and as they're traveling to other worlds and discovering what's out there in the galaxy. That's cool. You know what? And though, just, mm-hmm. that makes sense to me.
0: Like, the only way we can travel across the stars is with like portals, because I like travel in a ship just would take so long. Too I long. don't understand. Unless we can literally travel faster than the speed of light, which, like science tells us, at least for now, is not possible. But
1: if you have information to say otherwise, please write in.
0: Absolutely. I am by no means a physicist of any kind, so...
1: We are just two simple village women (laughs) riddled with bewilderment. But yeah, Stargate is the best sci-fi you could ever watch. It's like a space opera but not as Ooh. not as not as dramatic
0: mm. I will give it a I will check it out I'm about to finish season four of Korra so that's what I'll move into
1: that's all I'm giving you because the specifics would be far too deep but trust and believe in in the writing of good like Canadian it's it's like a half Canadian show mm. filmed in BC oh sick so I have some sad, as you, this is sad news that you already pro- heard, but I, I'm going to talk about it anyway. Mm-hmm. The Beaver announced that it's closing down.
0: Oh, yeah. Can you explain to the the, the listeners at home, the Beaver?
1: The, the, the long and short of it is that the Beaver is a very beloved queer event space, fun bar, fun place to dance, really cool bathrooms cool people to smoke outside with it's just where you want to go when you want to go out on a Saturday but have fun in the city for real um and my first I'll be honest my first um assumption was that it fell to the west queen west curse of just rent and bad landlords but apparently that's not it um wait what Yeah, it it wasn't, like, I I was ready to assume it was because of, like, bad landlords and, like, rent or evictions, but apparently not. Um, What had happened? I don't, they didn't seem to give, like, a definitive answer, but with everything happening around COVID, we can only assume, Hmm. you know, times are shitty. Yeah. Bad things are going to happen to good venues. That's true. But it's, it's sad to see the queer spaces disappear from our city.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think that there are, uh, there is already a shortage of places for like lesbian folks to gather in Toronto. And I feel like the Beaver was definitely one of those places. And now it doesn't exist anymore
1: either. Yeah, it um, it was a really good place for alternative types of drag and for seeing things that are just different from what you'd get in the village where it's just a bit more cookie cutter Fuck which is a read
0: i don't want to be i don't want to get no i do Fuck the village there are so many there are two good places i think in the village uh the and hero one of them burger? is barely there
1: what the hero
0: burger yeah <laughs> yes the hero burger no, um, i don't even
1: eat meat anymore
0: what is the village like all I can think of are um, like racist drag bars banks with rainbows on them. There are the lesbian and gay archives are lit. We stand the lesbian and gay archives like those are cool queer spaces, at least. But like A, a bank has nothing to do with gay people. Please leave.
1: <laughs> there are uh, three good places. The gay and lesbian archives. Gladday Glad Bookshop. And Cherry Bistro.
0: I was going to say Buddies in Bad Times.
1: Well, those are my top three. You're allowed to have a different top three. Fair
0: enough. But yeah, there is definitely a shortage of good queer venues now in Toronto, which sucks.
1: So I think we just have to start doing drag outside more. Yeah. Just go outside.
0: That's why I like... I love the idea of doing drag and protest. That's so cool.
1: It's a very impactful way to get a point across.
0: Plus, it just sounds like more fun.
1: Mm-hmm. It sounds more disruptive. Because drag is protest. Mm-hmm. It's fierce, it's fun, and it's a protest.
0: I like that this episode just became about drag.
1: I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm an internationally touring... Workhorse.
0: Well, I mean, our millions of fans can attest to that.
1: I mean, come on, don't you like? Don't put don't put yourself down saying you know nothing because you didn't work hard. We didn't work hard at Juilliard for to not make no, it. No,
0: no, absolutely not. On that note, I think it's absolutely time to announce our book tour coming up.
1: Yes, um, our book is we- called "Wash Your Ass, Girl." bidets sinks and water bottles with the forward by toilets question mark we'll be launching our book next friday
0: and our and tour you- starts uh, when all this covid shits over obviously please wear a mask and stay home
1: hey happy 10th anniversary oh yeah it is our episode 10. And if you've made it this far, congratulations, you're welcome, and I'm sorry. We're 10
0: weeks old, so if we were a 10-week-old baby, what would we be doing? I
1: Hopefully being aborted. Oh, oh wait, baby, baby, okay. <laughs> okay! Never- <laughs> I
0: don't know what... Um, yeah, like, out of the womb, not...
1: To never too late. Listen, we only have we only have an aware consciousness at like four years old.
0: This is no. Um <laughs> I'm not condoning baby murder. Hi, hello, no baby murder. Thanks. Goodbye. <laughs> what about um, big baby murder? <laughs> Adult
1: baby murder.
0: <laughs> killing me would be baby murder because i'm baby (laughs) anyway right
1: after i say being aborted
0: okay 10 weeks what 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 have you learned what have we what have we learned um we've learned that well we have continued to maintain that black lives certainly matter
1: we will uphold the tenets of just getting rid of the whole system
0: uh-oh, Just always.
1: all of it. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. All hierarchies that are unnatural. We continue to prove that sliding scale um, therapies are something we also need now more than ever.
0: Mm, absolutely. Affordable mental health care for all.
1: I don't even have to say anything when I when I when I talk to the second year therapy student i just play her these these tapes and she gets it
0: she says oh say no more take these pills
1: what i've learned is that having a routine is good for you even if all that means is you sit at your computer saying nothing at no one
0: You know how Katya says that having tattoos make her interested in having a body? Yeah. Having this makes me interested in maintaining my mind so that I can, you know what I mean? So like that every week I can be cognizant enough to produce something.
1: (laughs) Big emphasis on the something. And also, we want to shout out every everyone that's been on on the pod 100 thank you to all of our guests for lending your your voice um,
0: and your ta- ears
1: and your ears your beautiful ears um thank you for just coming on unprompted unpaid and revealing your traumas
0: and thank you for also being on our podcast
1: that too Hey, should we take a break?
0: Yeah, please. I'm so sweaty.